Hello everyone, I'm Simon Ford of Forge Gin. Martinis, gin and tonics, Negronis, great classic cocktails is what I'm about. But I also love to hear of great recipes from great bartenders from around the world, which is why we've partnered with Beyond the Drink for this season. Cheers. Well, you just heard from the man himself, Simon Ford, and this season of Beyond the Drink is presented by Ford's Gin. I'm Cappy, and this is a segment where some of the best bartenders in the country explain the stories and recipes behind their favorite drinks. To get the recipe from this episode, check out the episode notes in your podcast player or go to beyondtheplatepodcast.com. Beyond the Drink is a production of Beyond the Plate. This episode is made possible with the help of our friends at Cherio Tomatoes. Cherio has been growing the highest quality tomatoes and vegetables in Italy since 1856. They select only the plumpest, ripest, and juiciest tomatoes. They are picked and packed in the same day, giving you the ultimate depth of flavor and great taste. All right, let's get down to business. While this is a Beyond the Drink episode, we're nearing the end of the season, so big shout out to Cherio for their delicious tomato products. You've heard me talk about their canned plum tomatoes, canned cherry tomatoes, passata, as well as a number of different uses for these products. But I actually used their crushed tomatoes a couple of nights ago for a meatball dish that I made with my kids. We cooked up some barbecue lamb meatballs. Essentially, we made this delicious mixture, rolled them, seared them in a hot pan, and then after they were seared on all sides, we placed them into this big pot of tomato sauce, which I used, as I said, their crushed tomatoes. So here's something cool about Cheerio. They employ advanced agronomists to monitor crops on a daily basis during harvesting. What's an agronomist? Good question. An agronomist is an expert in the science of soil management and crop production. Needless to say, you're getting some pretty great quality tomatoes. If you can't find Cheerio tomatoes in your local grocery store, they are available on Amazon. To learn more about Cheerio tomatoes and all of their products, go to Cheerio1856.us. That's C-I-R-I-O-1856.us. Cheerio, we thank you. All right, everyone, for this episode, we're talking with Omar Yifun out of Dallas, Texas. You can find him on Instagram at Omar Yifun. That's at O-M-A-R-Y-E-E-F-O-O-N. Omar is going to walk us through a gin cocktail that I'm excited to hear more about called Olivia. Please enjoy this episode as we go beyond the drink with Omar Yifun. All right, Omar, who or what is Olivia? <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Olivia is a drink that I created years, years ago at an, an, an old bar I used to run. I love the name Olivia. I think uh, uh, the name Olivia with an O, it's, it's beautiful. I think it's probably because my name starts with an O as well. But I actually played co-ed soccer at, at a time with, uh, with a, a dear friend of mine uh, that remains a, a dear friend of mine named Olivia with an A. And I thought that that like really just put it on the next level there. So I came up with this cocktail that was very martini-like. It was really kind of a play into the ginny, the citrusy side of, of the martini, as opposed to playing really into sort of the savory, maybe olivey sort of uh, martini that most people kind of lean into. As opposed to this cocktail being super dry, it's actually very like lusciously wet, but also not sweet at the same time. It's a kind of martini that that appeals to maybe your your white wine drinker. Awesome. So so what's in uh, what are the ingredients in the in the Olivia? Well, <laughs> 
You, I would start with a, a good quality gin. I start with an old personal friend, uh, Forge Gin, uh, that I spent a very long time in my professional career with. It's probably the most versatile cocktail gin I could I could ever think of. Modern gins have lots of new kind of flavors and additives. They tend to send the cocktail in a, in a particular direction. I'm kind of looking for in this cocktail something sturdier, that kind of London dry uh, feeling. So we're gonna we're gonna start with a whole two ounces of, of forged gin in this cocktail. By the way, I got schooled on London dries. We had an episode earlier in the season with Simon Ford. It was a bonus episode, so he schooled me on gin and additives versus no additives and London dry. And I feel like uh, I feel like a new man, Omar. Excellent, <laughs> excellent. I'm glad uh, the gospel is still being spread on London dry gin. Because I, I, I'm still a, a lover and I believe that it belongs in any martini. <laughs> we want to uh, also add to that our, instead of vermouth uh, aspect, but keeping with the whininess, we're going to use the Le Blanc. It is inherently sweet itself and it's going to add that kind of wetness to it with a little slight bitter at the end. To that, we're going to also add uh, one quarter of an ounce of Pamplemousse Rosé. I use a, a Giffard, but Combier makes a really nice one as well. One of the nicer French liqueurs. Um, I don't usually use a lot of liqueurs when I'm when I'm mixing um, like more soury tropical drinks or, or things like that. But when they're uh, more aromatic and boozy, sometimes the syrups just don't quite work for you. What's the flavor? Is that is the flavor on that? Like rose flavor? It's a very floral grapefruit flavor. So, Duh. Okay. So yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's yeah, it's Pamplemousse rose. Yeah. So it's uh, it's basically it gives that a very strong citrus. It has a sweet backbone that that drives the flavor in there. But because it's it's so sweet and it a little bit goes a really long way, so we only want to use like a very small scant bit. And then also we want to we want to round that off with a with a nice dash of of an orange bitter. I wouldn't go over just one dash, and it just really balances everything out. And that's that's really kind of the core of my ethos when it comes to mixing cocktails is balance. We put all that together in a mixing glass with ice. You know, if you're at home, this is and you don't have like your fancy uh, crystal mixing glasses. You're uh, Tupperware to go container works just as well with a nice lid on it to give you your 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 strainage. You want to stir it. I kind of hear a lot about, you know, people counting the number of stirs or amount of seconds that you stir and this, that, and the other. I really think it kind of I really kind of hover a little bit above my drink and, and stir it until like the whole bouquet of the drink comes out and then I stop because the drink is ready. And then I pour it into the glass. I would really use a um, a chilled martini glass or a, a cocktail coupe, something of that fashion, something with a stem on it. This is very, very beautiful, very like elegant of a cocktail. And then I like to garnish this with a nice swath of, of grapefruit peel. In a pinch, lemon peel works just fine, but that grapefruit peel just drives that whole flavor contrast home. Sounds so delicious. And by the way, we did an episode earlier in the season with Masa. Oh, yeah. In New York. And, and he did his at-home martini, as he called it. 
And what I love about what you just went through is that he's like, I don't really use a cocktail shaker at home. I put it into a measuring cup, like a plastic measuring <laughs> cup. Or glass. Yeah. He's like, I get some deli ice and throw it in there. Right. And I'm yeah. like, I love this because here, like uh, as a home, like someone who's making a cocktail at home for myself, I'm not going to call myself a mixologist or bartender or anything, but you know, I'm like, oh, I don't have a shaker and a strainer and this and it's like wait a second like i know food and i'm definitely like i've cooked in restaurants i'm like i definitely drink out of like a deli container you know like what (laughs) yeah like like, why why am i not applying that to the beverage space 100 i i i was totally asked to do a pretty fancy video cocktail presentation um in the middle of lockdown. So I had to do it all myself um, with, you know, I, I, I'm a Gen X person. I don't have but the technology, technological skin skills, but I, I decided that, you know, I, I put it together. It, it came together pretty nicely, but I decided to not use my tools because I, I thought it was funny that I had like so many deli containers from like ordering delivery uh, that I was just going to shake the cocktail in the deli container. And, and I just went about it like, like it was nothing <laughs> like it, like, it, like I did this at my bar. Like this is, this is what we use at my bar, <laughs> your deli container. You started to talk a little bit more and I'm curious just about your philosophy on, on cocktails and being well balanced. And you mentioned bitters and truth be told, getting into the series of beyond the drink, I was really I have. I was expecting a lot of the bartenders to use a lot more bitters and talk about them, but they didn't. Like very few of the cocktails that came in had bitters. Not that that's right, wrong, good, bad, but I was waiting for like someone to be like, I use cardamom bitters and three dashes because of this. And I use grapefruit bitters and two dashes because of that, but really didn't get a lot of that. Got, got a really nice array of cocktails that came in. And I'm glad that you brought this to the table, specifically orange, specifically one drop, I'm digressing, but talk a little bit more about just your approach to cocktails and being well balanced and how, how you approach them. At my bar, we, we started off my first cocktail menu. I've made many cocktail menus before in the past. And this one, I just was, was I felt so special that I had to come up with, this one's going to be so mind blowing and blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, I, I didn't want, I kind of wanted to simplify things a little bit as well. So after an experiencing cocktails in the best form that I've had them like kind of around the world, I started to realize that like I enjoyed so many of these other cocktails, uh, these classic cocktails more than I enjoy, I've enjoyed some of my own. So like, you know, why not pay homage to the best way to make, you know, a martini or best way to make a margarita or daiquiri or this, that, and the other. So, you know, that ended up being our ethos. Our ethos was pay attention to the classics, balance everything. I wanted to, when someone comes up to me at a bar, I think on their second order, my favorite compliment is I'll have another because, you know, I, I just don't want to piss someone off. Like, I, you know, that's, that's all I'm doing. I'm, I'm here, you know, like I, I'm going to give you what you want. Hopefully I've given you something that, that is amazing enough that you can just go back to whatever you're doing with your 
with your your current party. Whatever conversation you're having, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You don't have to take a break in it and think of, yeah, that was good. But, you know, I would like something a little more, you know, like... It, to me, that that's that's a sign of a, a well balanced cocktail. Is you would love to have another one, you know. I was never like um, Asa talked about martinis. Simon talked a lot about martinis. You're referencing martinis, and I was like never a big martini guy. And I feel like I've been wasting um, time in my life not getting into martinis. But that's wild because you're a vodka guy. I do like vodka a lot. I think I like vodka because it's like uh, there's a lot of good base spirits, right? But I think it's just like such a good blank canvas that allows me to see what a bartender is going to create from it, which is why I have upped my game to gin over the course of the past many years. Also, traveling to northern Spain helped me up my game to gin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Like, it's like how a many gin and tonics? Oh, my God. <laughs> like fish bowls of gin and tonics. And they're so delicious. And it's like a show. Like, Sitting at a bar in San Sebastian, watching them make a gin and tonic, I'm like, holy cow, this is better than like Food Network. That's the point. That's that like that's the point that, that I was I was making about like some of these like excelling a classic cocktail to what it like putting it on the pedestal of what it should be. You know, you have this amazing show and then the flavor is something that's you know flavor aroma all of all of the thing is 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 all the way you're looking for so i'm going to dinner i have dinner tonight out and i think i'm should i on behalf of our mutual friend david should i start with a negroni and then go to martini on your behalf or do i start with the martini and then go to the negroni that's a tough call. I often start with a Negroni. Yeah, I, I do too. You know? <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if David can take credit for me starting many meals off with a Negroni. David, you get credit, sir. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, Omar. Let's shift gears for a second. I want to talk about social impact and giving back. As we started to talk about before we we were recording, I'm aware a lot of chefs and restaurateurs give back to their community through two different nonprofits and whatnot. But of course, the bartending world, while as part of that overall hospitality community, is an interesting and incredible community in and of itself that also gives back too as well. So all of our on the on our companion podcast, Beyond the Plate, you know, we we talk about the different ways that they do that. So I want to give you a moment to shed light on an organization, initiative, project, fund, whatever it may be that you may want to raise some awareness for. Well, you know, like I I think that there's there's one that uh, that that I'm involved in that that I'm very excited about. It's really kind of an up and coming thing, but uh, it's called the Black Mixology Collective. And a good friend of mine, uh, She Barrett, down in Austin. He I think. Around the time that guy was elected into the become president, we were crazy for, for four years. About that time, he put together this Facebook group of, of some people who, you know, friends that, we, that knew each other and people who didn't actually know each other that were uh, mostly in the Austin area, but I was uh, a part of that group. But it's, it was all like um, black bartenders that were, you know, cocktail and spirits minded. That became a, a discussion board and, and, and over, over time it turned into, uh, she did a, an event in Austin called Tom Bullock Day. Now Tom Bullock, he wrote, uh, the, he was the first uh, black bartender to write a book about uh, cocktails. A book of cocktails, really. Um, so Tom Bullock Day was really an exhibition of these black bartenders, uh, current black bartenders, 
in uh, executing some cocktails from uh, from this cocktail book and having the book out for people to see and this that and the other. From there, it 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 kind of sprung into the next year, uh, raising more awareness to um, for kind of neighborhoods uh, that that used to exist that were, were forgotten, uh, say in East Austin and, and, in in my town in Dallas, uh, Deep Ellum, we kind of, uh, both weighed a little bit on the neighborhoods and kind of started talking, started the discussion in the, uh, into the history of, of, of these black owned bars and, and, uh, drinking establishments, uh, in history. In the future, we're, we're hoping to get a little bit more organized and start a, a bit of a mentorship placement program to um, really, I think, uh, you know, one of our guys, Bjorn, uh, had, had realized that, you know, he's seeing uh, establishments right now. We're all hurting for, for employees uh, right now. And, you know, uh, people are having job fairs. You know they'll have job fairs off site while something's being built, but they're having job fair, the job fair in in a in the wrong neighbor in you know the wrong neighborhood to draw a diverse base. So you know like it, there's there's things that we want that we're looking to change and and uh, and really kind of changes that we're looking to foster in the future. Very cool. And I see you're you're hoping to add like a like this that you said, you, I guess you just said mentorship and placement. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. yeah. Like just, uh, just really to do those kind of job fair situations in maybe a lower income neighborhood to where we're actually giving some opportunities. You know, people can think about being a cook in, in anywhere, being a bartender in any, you know, it's the same job, you know, but, uh, but there are some in different communities that, that may see something a little bit further in, in, in their career within that. And, and maybe we're looking for an opportunity in, in say, a, a, a restaurant or a bar that's, uh, that's really kind of doing cutting edge things and, and, and really kind of challenging the way we operate. You have my wheels turning because my day job, I work with Rachel Ray, and I helped her start and run her cooking and kids charity, but we do a lot of work in like the kids space, but also in scholarship space. So I talked to a lot of people about mentorship, scholarship and different facets of life, if you will. But I'm happy to, if you or anyone you work with on that project ever want to connect, I'm happy to connect with you as it relates to mentorship, scholarships from like a, a beverage you know, perspective. I'm, I'm sure there's tons of great programs, schools, universities all all over Texas, whether it be Houston, Dallas, Austin, but there's some other great ones um, as well. If you guys are branching outside, I'm happy to, I would love to talk with you all if you want. Yeah, we're, I mean, you know, we're, we're looking at our, our, our large and crazy state, <laughs> but there are so many of us in every market that this is really something that that i think could unite us as a um as a country and a movement to to really kind of show that 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 we're here we're in this space and not only not only we're in this space but we've been in this space since you know before the 19th century or you know 18th century yeah yeah that's cool. Awesome. Good work. I love that. And I think I say this nearly every episode, but if not since this is 
one of the final beyond the drinks for anyone listening, give what you can. It could be your voice via social media or another way. It could be your money. If you have an extra dollar or more, and it could be your time for volunteering. So there's no right or wrong way to give back. A lot of people ask me, oh, what can I do? I don't have money to give. There's a lot, a lot you can do. You know? <laughs> There's a lot of work to be done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so awesome. Let's do a quick speed round and then uh, we can call it a day. All right. Name the cocktail that inspired you to get behind the bar. Oh, uh, Ramos Chinfis. Oh, no. <laughs> No, that's not true. It's, it is a martini. Is it? <laughs> yeah, it actually is a martini. Yeah, to actually originally get behind the bar, to, to do craft stuff, is, it's, it's probably a Ramos Chimpanz. Yeah. All right. Last cocktail you made at home. Oh, Olivia. <laughs> is it? Nice. Uh, name a smell behind the bar you love. Uh, Angostura bitters. Nice. Name a smell behind the bar you hate. Fear. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> like it. One cocktail every home bartender should have in their repertoire. I think the old fashioned, just like Ryan Gosling makes. What is that? I mean, I know have what an old fashioned the, is, um, but the the movie with him and Steve Carell and the uh, the thing. Maybe, but whenever someone starts a question off to me, have you seen the movie? The answer is often no. <laughs> 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 There's a very romantic scene. David and, for sure knows, and, and he'll, he totally he'll does. tell us. Yeah. But, you know, Ryan Gosling makes it makes an old fashioned. And I, I was riveted at first because I was like, let's see this happen. And, All right. You know, I got to I got to I got to check beautiful. it out now. I got to check it out. Now. Um, <laughs> it's a thing of beauty, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> if, you're, if you're if you're listening, <laughs> Ryan, if you're listening, this is awesome. I usually ask this earlier and I didn't, but I want to. Do you remember the first drink you ever had on a menu when you were bartending? Ooh, <laughs> yes. The drink was called the Muay Thai. This drink followed me. I guess it was the first drink that I ever had published. It was the first drink that was ever on a menu. And I, it, it was on multiple menus. And it was a mess, but a delicious mess. It was gin and uh, basil and chili peppers and coconut. It, it was, <laughs> it, it was like over. a... <laughs> It was, it, I think I was really hungry when I when, when I came up with the idea for it, but it was it, it was quite delicious. Yeah, I love it. Omar, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. If people want to find more info on Black Mixology Collective, is there a place, is there a website or is there a Facebook page or something they could? You know, it's, at this point, we're still kind of... Uh, in infant stages, but all good, all you, good. you could definitely hashtag Black Mixology Collective, uh, anything that, that gets posted on that. Um, hashtag run BMC is usually the, the uh, events that we do. Awesome, Omar. It was a pleasure to meet you. Hopefully things get back to as normal as possible with the restaurant soon. I hope the baby's happy and healthy and everyone in the family's great. And hopefully I'll make my way down to, to Dallas one of these days and you're, you'll be my first stop. All right. Please be my guest. Awesome. Thanks for being a part of this. Cheers. Thank you for having me. To get the recipe from this episode, check out the episode notes in your podcast player or go to beyondtheplaypodcast.com. This episode was produced by myself along with Ian Cohen, Joel Yetten, and Sean Petrosian. Find me and keep up to date with this podcast across all social media platforms at On Kathy's Plate or go to beyondtheplaypodcast.com. Beyond the Plate is on all the socials at BT Play Podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on your listening site of choice. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Drink, a production of Beyond the Plate. I'm Cappy.